Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. John, you are getting ready to go to Tennessee with the Saints. Lots of moving parts still in this one on both sides for the Titans and for the Saints. Not quite sure who the starting quarterback is going to be. Not quite sure who all of the personnel will be who's available to go. Do you have any insight, anything that you've been seeing at practice um, really, no. Um, we get practice closed down pretty pretty quickly now. Uh, you know, Trevor Simeon's been taking what we assume to be the first snaps uh, in the early part of practice, but we only see a good 10, 15 minutes of it mm-hmm. in their rotation. So I would imagine that Taysom Hill's probably going to have a bigger workload than he did against the Falcons, um, especially, you know, because he gives you that dual threat and you might need it against the Titan defense because it's really, really good defense. So, you know, I don't think Trevor Simeon is going to play as heavy at quarterback as he did last week, but, you know, it remains to be seen because, you know, of course, Peyton's done a really good job of um, of subterfuge here this week as, as they normally do. They haven't really had any time this season where they've lost back-to-back games. They've really been able to bounce back and going against the Titans who are 7-2. and two, they're, They've done very well, and as you mentioned, the defense much better than what is typical for a Titans team, they had five sacks alone last weekend's game. That area, it's going to be tough. How do you think that the Saints are going to handle their pass and run game? Well, that that's huge because the Saints did not do very well uh, on the offensive line last last week against the Falcons. Um, they had seven offensive penalties, and most of those were against the offensive line. You know, whether it was false start or holds and that kind of thing, and they struggled. And it's something that you know, technique, yes, but still. You've got to be able to go out there and and put it into practice. And so I know that that's the thing. Those are the things they were working on in practice this week. But it's got to be cleaned up really quickly because you're going on the road uh, trying to, you know, not allow a losing streak to happen. You know, trying to keep it at one against the seven and two team. That's really good. So it really is going to fall on on the lap of that offensive line. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they handle that challenge because, you know, admittedly, I don't think anybody will say that they played well against the Falcons, considering, you know, all the penalties and those kinds of things. So, you know, I'm sure those guys have a lot of pride. They want to play better. They have played better. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it, handle it against the Titans. Yeah. The team's done a good job rebounding. They've definitely stepped up when needed. And I think everybody took accountability for their part in that loss this past weekend. We're going to bring in NFL Network's James Palmer. He's going to be on hand again for a Saints game as he has the Saints and Titans on Sunday. He just had the Falcons Saints game in New Orleans. So very avert, well adversed in the Saints. And it's going to help us talk about this matchup this Sunday. James, thank you so much for joining the New Orleans Saints podcast. Again, fan favorite, I'll say. We enjoy having you on. And since you've had plenty of our games this season, it's quite fitting to have you here. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm a fan favorite because I'm thinking of the last two games I did were walk-off <laughs> wins by the Giants and, and the Falcons. So, I mean, it's not me. It's not me, but I don't know if that makes me a fan favorite or not. So, basically, you're saying that the away team wins. So, we're yeah. Saints are going so to win this weekend? I'm Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to go to Nashville. Yeah. Perfect. I know you've been doing a lot of reports already this week leading up to this matchup, Saints-Titans Sunday at 12. What are some of the storylines that have stood out to you that you're kind of diving into ahead of this one? I think the first one, Aaron, really is is how the quarterback position is going to be played for the Saints. I was hearing leading into the game against the Falcons, and 
I, I said it multiple times Sunday morning on game day morning with Rich and the guys was there was a, Taysom Hill was taking a lot of reps during the week in, in terms of at the quarterback spot. And I thought that both would play quite a bit. And I thought that because that's what I was told, uh, but it didn't really happen. So I'm curious if a couple of the things we saw play out in that game, guys, are the reason why, right? Like there was not a whole lot of rhythm to this offense in the first half. And if you're trying to find that rhythm, maybe switching up quarterbacks early is, is not what Sean Payton wanted to do. They didn't have a whole lot of plays in the first half either. So that also plays a part into it as well. And Taysom Hill was also coming back off the concussion. I know he wasn't a full participant for the whole week. So maybe that played, played a part into it as well. So I'm curious on how both quarterbacks are going to be used uh, against the Titans. Specifically, I think using Taysom Hill in the red zone is, is something that gives the Saints a, a definite advantage down there and so uh, how is he used in that sense and I thought let's see how we're, they're going to build off of that second half because I thought Trevor Simeon was in, played really really well didn't get a whole lot of help in the first half uh, with the penalties and with the drops and I mean it's not like he is you know one of the best quarterbacks in football you're going to have to play better around him uh, for him to be successful and that didn't that didn't really happen he wasn't helped out at all and I thought the second half he played really really well on time good decisions got him into good plays uh, and c- continue to play with poise so I'm just kind of curious about how the dynamic with both those guys works because I feel we might have a better gauge in this game about what might happen moving forward than we did against the Falcons. James you were really 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 kind by saying uh, Trevor Simeon didn't get a whole lot of help in the first half <laughs> we appreciate that as a matter of <laughs> but you know, as, speaking of as, speaking of help, um, the Saints kind of strayed away from the run game um, a little bit in the second half. They ran it pretty well, especially early. Uh, how critical will that be, especially when you're talking about you know quarterback who needs some assistance and you're going on the road and you you know you want to do the ball control thing and you know how important is the running game going to be for the Saints in this? Game? I think it's going to be big. I, I really do, John. I believe that you need to run the football with a, with a guy that's not just going to pick you apart all day, like an Aaron Rodgers or somebody of that caliber that can just kind of go out and do what he wants throughout the course of a game. I think you have to find that balance. And I think, you know, it's funny that, that Trevor was with the Titans, right? And he's kind of has some similarities to, to Ryan Tannehill in terms of you kind of need that balance. You know, Ryan is, an, I think, is a very good quarterback but his situation makes him, I think, an even better quarterback because of the system he's in and because of the way they operate it. I think that type of balance and that type of thought process can help out Trevor Simeon because he's not going to go out there and throw the ball 50 times and carve up a defense or even 40 times and carve up a defense and, and sling it all over the field. I think he needs the assistance uh, of the run game. And you're right. I am a very kind individual, John. Uh, I, and I think mainly because I talked to a number of these receivers and actually guys like on the team as well, who are like, it's not a lack of effort. Like, this is one of the hardest working groups on the team. Like, the amount of time they study film on their own, you know, on their off days, the amount of time they spend afterwards and, you know, working on their craft afterwards. Maybe that's why I'm nice, because Traquan Smith told me this week, he was like, man, we're so frustrated because of the work we put in. We're the guys that are more angry than anybody else. So I, I think somebody needs to go out there and make a play or two, for sure, if you can get some of those linebackers closer to the line of scrimmage, if you can run the ball well. Yeah, that was – we're going to hope that was an outlier of a game. I mean, you just yeah. don't see that many drops. Well, they only had eight for the season leading into the yeah. game. So, let's hope, yeah. Yeah, that that just doesn't happen with NFL receivers. But, but moving to the Titans, um, you mentioned Tannehill, obviously. Uh, they don't have Derrick Henry. They do have A.J. Brown, obviously. And they smacked the Rams around. Mm-hmm. 
they do because defensively they really took it to the Rams. And, you know, you don't expect to see that against a team uh, with the weapons that the Rams have. No, you don't. And, and one of the biggest ways they were able to do that, and I was talking to Bud Dupree uh, this week uh, about getting pressure with four and you don't have to bring extra guys. And that's what the Titans were really, really good at against the Rams and have been over this five game win streak. And when you have Jeffrey Simmons and, and Bud and I were talking about this, when you have interior pass rushers that can throw the timing of a playoff immediately um, because they're rushing from the inside and, and, and throwing things off with, you know, within a second or a second and a half, that does wonders for everybody behind you, specifically when you're only bringing four. So you got four against six or four against five. You're an advantage for guys to make plays behind you. And I think that was a big part of why we saw so much success from the Titans against the Rams where, you know, Kevin Byard's able to go out there and, and jump around and guys are able to go out there and make plays because you're getting getting home with four. So I think a big part of this game is going to be on the Saints offensive line, trying to hold up with those guys. And that the scary part is with Jeffrey Simmons, like he, he the game hasn't even really slowed down for him yet. Like he's still trying to figure it out. I've talked to some people in Nashville that have been like, yeah, he's just kind of playing. It's going to be great when he starts like really figuring it out. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, so I think the interior pass rush has been a big part of what they've been able to do on the on the defensive side of the ball for sure. So how do they compensate for the loss of, of Derrick Henry? I mean, you know, he is larger than life in every way possible. How do you compensate for that kind of loss? A guy who ran for 900 plus yards and 10 touchdowns and he's, and he's gone now. Yeah. Essentially in my mind was almost like the front runner for MVP because I'm, you know, I'd love to see somebody other than a quarterback win MVP. Uh, and the way he was playing was great. You're, they're, they're still a run heavy team. They're still going to, you know, figure out what they're doing within the run game. The sample size from what I'm told, obviously not very big, right. And how they're going to divide these carries up in the backfield with Deontay Foreman and, and Adrian Peterson and, and how it's going to work. AP didn't have a whole lot of chemistry with this offensive line, but I talked to Ben Jones, their center this week, who was kind of telling me we need to get a better push up front. We didn't block very well against the Rams at all. Um, I told Ben, don't take offense because nobody blocks against the Rams front uh, all that well in any game, but they need to get going forward to let these running backs get their legs going behind the line of scrimmage to get that run game going. I think it falls specifically, John, on, on, on Ryan Tannehill and, and not just uh, put this on NFL network. I, I think we're going to see him use his legs more. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns dating back to last year. There's only two quarterbacks that have more than him in football from last year and this year. And, and they're completely comfortable with him playing outside the pocket and, and trying to make some things happen. If he sees it with his legs. And I think that's needed with as good as the saints are against the run, right? Number one in the NFL against the run. So that might be an added part. Um, we can talk about the play action pass if you guys want to, because I, me and Demario Davis broke this down for like a half hour <laughs> the other day. And uh, should we do it? Should we? Yeah. Uh, let's of go. Course. Okay. Of so <clears throat> that's kind of the crux in, in my mind. And he kind of somewhat agreed with me of this game and it's him in the middle and the way they run the play action pass and Tannehill's great at it. And obviously Derek Henry played a big part of why they're great at it but he ran it even more this past game than he has this entire season with Derrick Henry. And the big part Demario was saying is I need to read it quickly. And he's playing some of the best. He thinks he's playing the best football of his career in year 10. He told me. And so if he recognizes it and doesn't jump to the line and get fooled, he needs to stay in those windows, right? The linebackers need to stay in those mm -hmm. intermediate route windows to where they can break up passes, be in the way. That's where AJ Brown thrives. Maybe the best intermediate route, runner in the NFL with that 10 to 19 yard range downfield. Mm -hmm. If you don't cave with your linebackers, 
your safeties don't have to come up. And then there's not that gap between your linebackers and your safeties. And then your safeties can protect over the top. And then the check down has to happen. And that's kind of the goal of the defense on Sunday is making sure Ryan Tannehill has to take the check down off the play action to where the linebackers are where they at. They don't cave all the way in. There's not this gap to where the safeties have to push forward and then you can get beat over the top. The other part of it is if you can run Marshawn Lattimore one-on-one against A.J. Brown, that's going to set you up for success in the middle of the field. And I think his breakdown was much more elaborate than what I gave you. And I was like a student just learning, but that's kind of a big part of this game is the way Tannehill operates in that play action. I think that's what they're going to have to use moving forward. You're talking about the game being one in the middle here, but you mentioned AJ Brown a couple of times. He was limited at practice this week. There's been a lot of different players for the Titans that have been out this week. What are you thinking as far as personnel and who will be able to go? Yeah, he's going to be able to go. And I think the other side of it, Aaron, really is is Julio Jones. They were curious on how he would look going into that Rams game after having the hamstring. And mm-hmm. they thought he came out of that game really, really well. So they want to be balanced with both guys. And they want to be able to have the ability to set up guys on opposite sides and force you to kind of shade one way or the other and essentially go to the opposite side. I think that's going to be a big aspect of their offense. I mean, AJ's like, I mean, it was funny. Ben and I were joking because I've known him back to when I was a beat guy with the Texans where he started his career. And he was like, you know, when Derek was here and I'd look in the huddle and I'd be like, I'm the center. And I'm like the smallest guy in this huddle. We got Julio Jones. We got AJ Brown. We got Derek Henry. Like they got some physical specimens at their skill position spots. And so um, I, I think, you know, having both of those bigger bodied receivers, and I think that Marshawn thrives in those matchups. He, he needs to be engaged uh, and, and battling to stay on point for the duration of a game. So I, I think both those guys are going to be used a lot. And I think they're going to try to play off of both of them with that quick passing game, which we saw in the Rams game big time. Well, on the other side, the Saints have not seen Alvin Kamara at practice yet this week. Anything that you've heard about him or or how do you think that will affect the Saints run game? I I think it affects everything. I mean, he's one of the most dynamic players. And John started out with saying, you know, Derrick Henry, how do you lose a guy of that caliber? I don't know how you play without a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's essentially, you know, over 100 yards from scrimmage every game. He's got seven touchdowns. Like, I mean, he does so much more than just be a running back for you. I remember Tron Armstead told me last year when, you know, Taysom Hill was filling in for Drew. And he was like, he's the greatest safety valve in all of football because he's always there. He can always help you out. If if, if it doesn't work and you can dump it down to him, you throw the smallest screen and uh, and he turns it into a 25 yard gain by himself. And and so uh, remember that ball out to him wide last week, by the way, where he just like stood there and was like, yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) that was one of the best ways I've ever seen somebody call for a ball, by the way, uh, ever. I've heard it's really up in the air um, that there is a chance he he doesn't play in this game. Um, And I knew that it was throughout this week. This was going to be something that he was going to have to deal with. Um, And it seems right now, I I don't know if we're dating this uh, by any means, but uh, on Thursday, uh, it seems like there's a greater chance of him not playing than playing. Um, I don't know how close to 50 50 that is, but that's a massive, massive blow when we talked about John being much meaner than I am about the, the receiver output. Well, opportunity for Ingram to slide in and get some carries mm-hmm. production, of course. Get that record. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I know we were talking to Deuce earlier this week and he said he wished that Ingram would be able to get that record at home, but he is absolutely yeah. okay with Ingram passing him. He's, 
happy when the Saints are doing well. So we're hoping for the same thing. Anything else in your coverage this week that has stood out to you that we haven't touched on? Uh, I think something that, that really jumped out at me, Aaron, was the defensive line of the Saints. Like they, they got there, but they didn't really get there uh, against Matt Ryan. And, and I was curious what the issue was there. And Demario kind of told me that, you know, they felt like five or six times they were pretty much there and just were kind of a half a second late. And as fresh as they're able to be up front with getting healthy up front now, uh, I'd like to see them use those fresh legs to get after the quarterback. And, and it, it's funny. I don't know if people really know about this, like in the league, like if you're a really good pass rusher going against a really good tackle and it's like play after play after play, you're battling. Um, there's times where like both of you are like, I'm going to take this play off. Like we're exhausted. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen when you can keep bringing in fresh guys and tackles get super frustrated when they're like, Oh man, I can't get that. Like one snap against the guy that been it's a whole new pass rusher that's going against them. And I think being able to use the D line in that sense to, to create more pressure up front, I thought over the last two weeks would, would be there more. Uh, I'd like to see that. And, and that's one thing that, that also kind of, kind of stands out to me a little bit. Yeah, well, two well, things to add to that. Um, one, Peyton Turner unfortunately goes on injured reserve today, so yeah, that doesn't help the pass rush. And um, and second, um, Zach Street, longtime uh, right tackle for the Saints, told us about a couple of those brother-in-law plays where you know he said he was in a game where you know the Saints were going to throw it probably about sixty times, and he said he and the he and the um, the, the defensive end kind of looked at each other and like you know we're going to take this one off. <laughs> see yeah <laughs> it happens it happens but man tackles don't like it when those fresh guys come in and you know man we're supposed to schedule one over the next couple of plays. <laughs> <laughs> all right jane so last time we got you for a two-minute drill of random stuff we're going to keep it yeah. football centric this time so okay. i'm going to start off with your favorite place to cover a game favorite stadium to cover a game at uh lambo is up there uh for sure but i will say where the saints are heading on sunday is one of my favorite press boxes that press box and uh m&t banks press box in baltimore they're lower they're at the 50 they're in a really really great spot to watch a game as opposed to being in the you know the the, the sky those two spots press box wise are great but lambo is just unlike anything other the nfc championship game there last year was just you know, in the snow, covering a championship game at Lambeau, that's, that's, that bucket list checked off. Yeah. So what has been your favorite game that you've ever covered? Ever covered. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the Chiefs winning the suit. I've done the last six Super Bowls and the Chiefs Super Bowl was amazing. The, the Patriots Super Bowl over the Falcons was incredible. Um, in terms of great, I, I do think the AFC championship game, also in the snow. I must love the snow. Uh, in Kansas City, overtime, uh, it was essentially the flip of a coin was going to decide who went to the Super Bowl. Because if Mahomes and the Chiefs won that coin toss, the Patriots were not stopping them. And they lose it, and the Patriots come down, and I was standing in that end zone when they ended up winning and just kind of the greatest player of all time and Tom Brady running around, jumping up and down in Edelman's arms and Belichick's arms and in the snow – uh, against who we all think is maybe going to be the next greatest player we've ever seen is probably one of the coolest, coolest games I, I've covered for sure. Yeah, definitely sounds like a good one. And then favorite city. So not stadium, but favorite city to go visit when you're on the road. I'm a foodie. So the okay. two would be New Orleans and Houston. I think 
everybody knows New Orleans is a good food city, yeah. but Houston is like a sneaky, really, really good food city. Cause you got Tex-Mex, you got Mexican food, you got the barbecue, you kind of got everything. Um, so those two, Oh, I'll throw Seattle in there as well. Seattle's a blast to go cover, yeah. cover a game. Those three. A favorite sport other than football, a favorite team that you have. Oh, I'll have to go baseball and the Philadelphia Phillies born and raised in Philly. My dad works in the front office for them. Um, and they are definitely my, my like team professionally. I, I die with, uh, mm-hmm. amateur wise, the Buckeyes, uh, the diplomas up there, uh, Ohio <laughs> state is my like one I'm an, I'm a lunatic for, but Phillies baseball is definitely my, uh, and man, did they break my heart one again, like every year, uh, this year. So yeah, that's, that's my go-to. And did you play any sports growing up? I did guys see that trophy <laughs> right there. It is. Glory days. Um, no, that's, I think that was, uh, I should date myself. 2001 athlete of the year. Uh, I played football, basketball, baseball, and soccer in, in high school. And then when I played a little bit of baseball in, in college, but it was, uh, yeah, it was sports were everything still obviously are. Um, and uh, football is probably my worst sport, which is hilarious that this is what I covered. It was probably by far the worst <laughs> sport out of all of them. <laughs> did you always want to grow up and do this cover sports in general or what did you as a little kid say this is what I want to be when I grow up yeah so my dad was a sports broadcaster in Philadelphia so everybody would say you're going to be on tv like your dad and I would go no emphatically and I went to college I think that diploma I got <laughs> got two at Ohio State guys um <laughs> that one's for education and I wanted to be a coach and a teacher and I have my education degree. I did my student teaching and everything. And I, I thought coaching and teaching was going to be what I really wanted to do. And then I ended up doing an internship at Ohio State with the Columbus Blue Jackets, the NHL team, writing for them, covering them. And I was like, no, I do want to do this. And, uh, and it changed. <laughs> so growing up, it was going to be a teacher for sure. All right. Thank you so much. I love getting to know a little bit more about you and how you got into. Yeah. What are you going to set up for the third one, Aaron? Like we've covered. I don't like know. I know. Now. We're going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to have to start doing my research now to figure that one out. Okay. Yeah. We did talk yeah. about Ted Lasso a lot lately. You guys done with Ted? Ted? You guys all yeah. got, finished up? John? I have not begun or any, I, I almost feel ashamed to, to say I have not seen a single episode. Are you watching Succession at least? I, I hadn't, you know, I see all the jokes. I can't relate to any of them because I hadn't seen. <laughs> I'm going to have to crash, I guess, because, you know, I feel like the last person on earth who mm-hmm. hadn't seen. Well, just think of how much you'll enjoy it. I won't tell you what happens <laughs> at the end of The Sopranos either. <laughs> see, now that, see, now that I've seen on multiple. Yeah. What did you think about <laughs> David Chase revealing the end the other day? Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad somebody, because, you know, it was like, the way they finished it was like, come on now, really? Right. After yeah. all this, this is how we're going to do this? <laughs> yeah, after all we put our time in? Yeah. Now I know. Okay. Well, we need to get John watching some shows on the, the planes when you're heading to games, John. You got plenty of time. Yeah. He's no, probably breaking up film. That's yeah. catching up. Actually, that's catching up with sleep time most of the time. It, oh, it's a point. This is a tradition like unlike any other. So I'll go to sleep on the plane. Uh, because when I used to work for the paper, one of my co-workers, he had this bad habit of, you know, we get on the plane and he just tell random passengers, hey, that's so-and-so-and-so, and he works for the Times-Picayune. And so that person now wants to talk. So you're sitting, and he's sitting over there laughing, and he can go to sleep, but you got to engage. 
So I learned to get on the plane, get in my seat and just pretend to be asleep. But then I started pretending to be asleep and I actually went to sleep. So now I can't break that habit. Wow, it was like uh, <laughs> life imitating art. Like you were so so good at faking it that you just started oh, falling asleep. I was great at it. So now, you know, I don't care what plane I'm on. The first thing I do is I get on, I'll sit, and I'll pretty much go to sleep. Yeah, nice. you got to get. You got to be on the window. You got to be on the window to fall asleep. Yeah, I got to be on the window. Yeah, I got to be on the window. Me too. Yep. Yeah, I don't Guys, know. I'm not. I'm not a very good uh, plane sleeper. It's tough. That's. That stinks for you, Aaron. Oh, yeah, and I are nice. living the dream here. Because yeah, that's, that's basically the only time I'm not driving. So get a chance yeah. to let somebody else drive and I go to sleep. There you go. For sure. All right. For well, sure. you guys will be looking forward to getting some sleep this weekend as you're both traveling to Nashville. Enjoy that game. Love the conversation, James. Always good to have you on. All right, Aaron. John, take it easy. Thank you, James. Thanks to James for joining us. Always fun having him on the podcast. He likes to talk about lots of things other than football as well. Apparently, we both need to brush up on some of the TV shows that we've been watching, John, because we're Absolutely. not ready to, to talk to him about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but anything that he said that kind of stood out to you, or I know we're, we're still waiting kind of some of the final injury reports for the weekend, and then we'll know a little bit more. Well, the big thing from James was, you know, he's breaking down film with our linebackers, uh, Demario yeah. Davis. You know, he's getting all the all the real insight and, and you know great information. So, you know, some of those things he says are things to watch for in the game because you know he's getting great information from the inside that generally a lot of people don't get. And of course, the injury reports always got to be watched because um, Kamara didn't go in the first two practices of the week, and that has routinely been a harbinger of what will happen on the weekend. Most of the time when guys don't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, they don't play on Sunday. Now, you know, it depends on how that knee feels. He's on the injury report with a knee injury. And so certainly there's no necessity that Alvin Kamara would have to practice because it's not like he doesn't know the plays. But again, you know, it's it's usually not a great harbinger uh, when a guy doesn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll just monitor that and see how it goes. Yeah, there's a couple of players that have been off uh have not been on the practice field this week so kind of watching a couple guys heading into this one but pretty healthy at this point in the season considering where we have been earlier points of this year and definitely looking forward to the quarterback matchup kind of see how those two with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill are used and then it'll be interesting to see how the Titans utilize some of their offensive weapons you know Adrian Peterson getting his first reps back in the game last weekend um, for the Titans and, and see if he's used a little bit more since they were only able to rush for 69 yards in their win against the Rams, but not a lot of offense. They didn't even eclipse 200 total yards of offense. So hopefully that bodes well for the Saints and they can kind of continue doing well on the defensive end of things here. Yeah, hopefully so. They, um, you know, because it's going to be one of those games where they are going to have to, the Saints are going to play well defensively. Uh, we've seen that already this season. I mean, even when Jameis Winston was there and in, in the five touchdown game, uh, even though he had the five touchdowns, it really was the defense that led the way. And so the defense knows it's going to have to lead the way for this team for this season and it has to play well and it's going to have to do it again on the road. All right. The game is at 12 o'clock central on CBS. 
It is in Tennessee, so make sure that you tune in on orleansaints.com for the pregame show with myself and John. We'll be about an hour before kick, and then we'll be back with you after the game is over to break everything down, get some sound from Coach Payton and players. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Thank you, John, for joining us. Thanks again to James Palmer for joining the podcast. And we will talk to everybody again on Monday.